Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. It's Christmas in August again! <laughs> Only this time you're probably hearing it in September! Exactly. Yeah, why are, Why do we keep watching Christmas movies I in the middle of summer? I don't know the answer to that. Perhaps it's because it's been a thousand degrees here for so long that the idea of cold now feels like a like a an unreal concept. It's like a creepy otherworldly dimension we don't understand. It's yes. a horror movie. I think about cold the same way I think about like outer space. I know it exists, but I have no idea what it's actually like anymore. I heard that it smells like pumpkin spice? No. Space smells. Oh, like... I thought you were talking about the cold. <laughs> no, cold. Cold doesn't smell like pumpkin spice. Good point. No, space. I have heard that space smells like fish sticks and custard. Nope, that's time. How can space smell like anything? I was going to say this, but I thought I was wrong. Burnt steak. That's what they say. Astronauts say that space smells like burnt steak. A, how can space smell like anything? It's... Space? A lack (laughs) of things. And B, what astronaut was outside taking a sniff of space? (laughs) Like, that seems dangerous to me. I mean, maybe the burnt steak is your nostrils frying in nothingness. It was their brain freezing. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, wait... I have one last thing to tell you. It, it smells, smells like, like burnt steak. steak out here. <laughs> that's what happened. And that's all very relevant to the movie The Apology from 2022. A Christmas movie. You're either having a stroke or overcooking <laughs> your toast. Yes. Okay, sorry. I had to say that. The Apology. Was this the movie you thought we were going to get? Did you know what this movie was when you picked it? I knew that it was somebody wanting to give an apology when they were, like, trapped together. And that's about all I knew. So you didn't know what the apology was about? No. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I had no idea what this movie was going to be when it started. I kept picturing that, I think it's Jason Bateman movie... I think it's it might be called The Gift or something like that. It's where he's a creepy neighbor and he brings over a present for his new neighbor or something. And he's real creepy and he ends up, I don't know what he does, but he's, he's a bad guy. The Gift, Jason Bateman, 2015. I have seen that. It's a thriller mystery. That's not a horror movie. Good point. This movie is a thriller, not a horror movie. The Apology. <laughs> Agreed. And that's kind of where I was going with asking about the movie because this... Was not a horror movie in my mind. It, it was not. It was an enjoyable movie. Like, it was the kind of movie I like where there's, you know, lots of scary drama. But it wasn't horror. 
I believe multiple of my scary horror sources were pointing me towards this movie and they never mentioned, but watch out because it's not horror. Yeah. But weird. So it's Christmas. Darlene is getting ready to have company over. The thing you need to know about Darlene is that her daughter has been missing for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you need to know about Darlene is that she was an alcoholic before her daughter went missing and she has been sober for like 19 years. Yeah. Doorbell rings. It's Jack. Oh, it's Jack. Things you need to know about Jack. Jack used to be married to Darlene's sister. Jack and Darlene had definitely an emotional affair and then they did have like a one night stand physical affair. I think. Something like that. Also, Jack has been MIA, not the same way as the daughter, but like just left and hasn't been in contact for the last 19 years. Mm-hmm. Surprise, he shows up and has some cockamamie story about how he misses everyone and he just wants to be friends again and like be part of the family. At one point, she calls him ex-family, and he's like, what, just because I divorced your sister, now I'm I'm no longer part of the family? And I'm like, dude, that's kind of the definition of divorce. I mean, sometimes you cling on to people when they are not terrible. Absolutely. I know there are plenty of situations where that's not the case. But if you divorce, if you cheat on the sister... Divorce the sister and then disappear for 19 years. I sort of feel like you have made yourself not part of the family. Seems like right. It. Yeah. Like he hasn't seen his own kids even. Oh, yeah. I think is what was said. So anyway, Jack shows up, has this thing about how he wants to become part of the family again. From the first moment, I was ready to throw Jack in a hole. That's so common for you. Do you need help? Do you need psychoplasmic therapy <laughs> so that you can have an army of little rage monsters? Are you afraid around? I'll create rage babies? <laughs> yes. You know, here's the thing: it is common, but it's common because there are a lot of movies out there with beanbag guys doing really inappropriate, nasty things. And I think in this movie, the foreshadowing that Jack was a beanbag of epic proportions, Mm -hmm. content warning, this discussion is going to contain a lot of references to sexual assault and the murder of a child. So if that's not your thing, you may want to skip this episode. In this movie, I think the foreshadowing that Jack was a beanbag and had done horrible things was a little too strong at the beginning. Like he came in and I right away was like, oh, as soon as they said he hadn't been around for 19 years, I was like, oh, well, he murdered her. <laughs> yeah, there's 20. She's Clearly. been around 20 years. He hasn't been around 19 years. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was the guy. Like he did it. Case closed. Shoot him in the face. Let's move on. <laughs> and I don't think we were supposed to think it was that on the nose because Darlene, like, didn't clue into that until much, much later when he basically had already said as much out loud. Yeah, he definitely, he hadn't actually said it, but he had made it clear. I mean, it had gotten to the point where he was like, okay, well, then I have to tell you something 
after they'd been talking about her daughter being missing and all of that. And like, he was asking all kinds of creepy questions like, what would you want to know from the person who took your daughter? And I'm like, dude, you're not being sneaky right now. But sneaky enough for her, though, I guess, because it wasn't until he was like, well, I have to tell you something. And she was like, oh, and then he goes, it's about Sally. And that's the point where she goes, oh, wait, what? After he took the knife out of her hand and moved the knife block up on top of the fridge. (laughs) She was not picking up on a lot of clues. Yeah, for sure. What did you, I mean, did you think that it was too heavy handed like that? Or was I just being like overly suspicious of the middle-aged white guy? I think it was obvious, but I can also respect that Darlene is coming from, you know, a extended family situation where this guy was part of the family. And I'm sure he was around during all the freaking out about this girl being missing and he was supportive. And she was kind of like... I don't know, in, not in love with him, but she definitely had an attraction to him. Like She yeah. cheated with him. Yeah. I think for her, there's plenty of reason. Like, you would think there's no way. Not somebody from my family. Even though, statistically, that's the answer. Right? How the cops were like, <laughs> it probably wasn't the dude who moved away immediately after <laughs> this happened. I mean, he probably moved after all the investigating. Probably. Actually, they kind of talked about that because they were like, the cops asked about it, but his one of his employees like accidentally gave him a perfect an, alibi. an ironclad alibi. So like the cops never even considered him, which is just shoddy police work if you ask me yeah Um, so it kind of takes like a series of turns and i don't know it's interesting the dynamic between these two people because it goes from let's have a conversation about this to let's have a conversation but knowing that you're the murderer and i'm gonna have this really tense awkward conversation where i'm finally gonna find things out Mm -hmm. to not only are you the murderer, but you've trapped me inside this house and keep getting more and more into that kind of, he's really bad. Mm-hmm. And, but, but it also sort of pulls back from that as well, where he's like, I don't want to hurt you. I'm just, you know, I'm just going overboard to make sure this this goes off without a hitch and we don't have something happen. Which I thought was one of the, like, that's one of the most interesting aspects of their relationship and and of the story, of the movie, I think. Like, that's, his character is inherently not a likable character. Like, you're no. not at any point supposed to like this guy. I'm sure that wouldn't stop a bunch of people from taking his side and a lot of the discussion. But um, he is not the good guy at any point. And it is very clear that everything he's doing is manipulation and he is the hero of his own story or at the very least he is the victim of his own story yeah. right yes and so like through the whole thing i mean he to put it very bluntly rapes and murders this teenage girl mm-hmm. but when he tells the story initially it's like she kissed me And then it was like, well, I kissed her, but she kissed back. Mm -hmm. And then, well, I mean, I kissed her. And I mean, I guess she didn't really kiss me back. But then we had sex. 
like he he couldn't say the truth about what had happened and and it like he was so far away from reality and then when you look at how he was reacting with, or interacting with Darlene it was like the same thing he was like well i'm not here to hurt you yeah but he has zip ties in his pocket yeah don't make i i don't want to have to use these zip ties it's like yeah. why do you think why did you even bring zip ties yeah it was there was a lot of don't make me do this. Look what you made me do. Yeah, at the end it was and it that, came down to don't make me do this. Right. And that was the whole thing. Like I think the initial murder too. It was well, she started screaming after he raped her and wouldn't stop, so I had to kill her. Like mm, no, yeah. dude, it, no, you didn't. In his good version of the story, I, I quoted two things he said right in a row. He was like, she kissed me, and then she was screaming. Uh-huh. And that immediately unravels the entire story. Uh-huh. Like, what? Right. And I think, I mean, it was on the nose, but also, like, it was it was interesting the way they kind of revealed his story with a little bit more. And it wasn't always like, oh, okay, well, now I'll tell you more. It was little things like that where he, where his character didn't realize how much he was giving away because he was so wrapped up in his own perspective yeah. that he was like, it just happened. Like, he didn't have that ownership. And I don't know. I, I deeply admired Darlene's restraint through the entire <laughs> evening as he is saying things like that and she's not straight up murdering his face most of the time yeah like she threw the hot tea in his face and i was like yep had that coming <laughs> and like there were other times but but really by the end the fact that she didn't kill him i was like girl you That's are a impressive. better person than most yeah his whole thing for the entire night was not sea lioning, but it was very closely related to it. It was this idea that he's just being rational, and why are you getting so upset? All I'm doing is telling you I murdered your daughter. Right? The thing you said you wanted. Like, yes, that was the thing. Early was... on, he's like, what would you want? And she's like, I just want to know exactly what happened. And I was like, girl, you should not <laughs> be saying that because you're about to find out all the gory details. But... Yeah, like he he gets it in his head that he's doing her a favor of mm-hmm. some kind by letting her know where her daughter's body is and what happened because those are the things she's been wanting for 20 years. And I'm yeah. like, this doesn't make you the hero, my friend. <laughs> yeah, and he definitely does have a lot of guilt and whatever because his, at least by the end, his ultimate goal was to get her to kill him. Right, right. But... Because he has panic attacks. He does. He's been panicking ever since. He's had panic attacks ever since. He's just... Think of the man who committed the murder and how heavily that weighs on his conscience. There was a part of that, and I don't know if this was really intended, but it felt like it was intended how he he was telling her his sob story, basically, that, oh, my life has been so hard since I murdered your daughter, you know? It's mm-hmm. been rough for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to leave my family. Yeah, he was trying yeah. to get sympathy from her, but it also felt, from the way they were shooting it and stuff, like we were expected to have 
some empathy with him and be like, well, there's some equity here. We we care about them both. And I'm like, not at all. Do you not even the slightest. Were, or were we just supposed to be looking at him like, <laughs> what are you even saying? Like, I mean, I don't know. It just it felt that way in that moment. Yeah. And there are definitely, I think that's one of those lines that I'm always looking for in movies, especially when there are terrible men doing terrible things to women. I'm always like, what's the point of this movie? Like, is this like the brood where women are evil and terrible (laughs) and you should probably kill them before they take your children away? I don't know. Yeah. Or is it... Like this one, I felt like this one was much more like the character was saying these things, but the overall movie was like, this guy is off his rocker. Yeah. I think the overall movie was like a, like feminist porn. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Especially, okay. My favorite, favorite, favorite part is her best friend Mm -hmm. who lives across the street or down the street or whatever. Is played by Janine Garofalo, first of all. Brilliant. I love her. But second of all, like, she, from the very beginning, we see that she's, like, a super supportive friend. She's there. She's like, I know this is a really hard time. Like, here's a cookie. I'm sorry. It's not a beer. Like, she knows her friend, and she is supporting her. She's there for her. She's going to be there, uh, you know, part of the Christmas celebration, all that. That's great. She goes away. All this stuff is happening. She's like, I think I heard a gunshot. Yeah. Goes and checks it out. Walks into her best friend's house. Her best friend is struggling (laughs) on the bed, looking like she is killing someone. And Gretchen just comes in and she's like, all right, what are we doing? How can I help? (laughs) Like there was not one iota of hesitation in her. She was just like, all right, what did he do? And how can I help you get rid of him? (laughs) Yeah. That also sort of feels like female friendship porn where it's like everyone wants that ride or die friend who will just grab a shovel (laughs) rather than asking any questions. I mean, that's the classic standard is helping you bury bodies. Yes, (laughs) yes. And like she was 100% there, which in real life, I do not believe in. Like that's, (laughs) you know, we've, I think we've talked before about how loyalty is is not a concept that we can get behind. Like there's loyalty when it is earned and deserved. Well, and that's, that's kind of what this is though. It's a, I believe you, I I trust in you. And I know that if you're doing this, there's a good reason. Yes. And, and clearly, I mean, they have a 19 year relationship, a friendship, whatever. Like there's that. I think Gretchen also sort of like us, was then, you know, then wanted, once once things were kind of settled, <laughs> wanted to know what the situation was and maybe would have, like, backed out if she hadn't been on board with it. But when she found out that he killed Sally, she was like, all right, yeah. um, what are we going to do? But also was was saying, you should not kill this man. Yeah. <laughs> was being the voice of, of reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, it you know, everyone wants to have that friend who will just, like, have your back. Yeah. Um, so I liked that piece of it a lot. Although I did make the note at one point, there are no heroes in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I did make that before the very end 
when I really was like, oh, these ladies are going to kill him. He's going to end oh, up buried in the basement somewhere. the way I expected it to go yeah. was like a whole thing. But they they worked it out. And to be honest, I wasn't mad about it. I'm like, oh, oh it's yeah. Fine. <laughs> he's going to end up buried in a hole somewhere. Nobody's going to know he was here because he didn't tell anybody he was coming to do this. He's just going to still be gone and she will have some sense of closure and her friend will have backed her up. And I was like, yeah, that makes a movie plot. I'm <laughs> all right. I'm down. Um, but I do like the fact that that wasn't what happened, that she overcame her rage and revenge fantasy and instead like took away what the thing he wanted. Like you said, he wanted to die. Yeah. And she prevented that and got the evidence that would make him like go to jail forever and yeah it was a fun little twist i guess yeah fun little trick yeah instead of giving him the release from his anxiety that she was that he was looking for he gets to go suffer in jail for who knows how long so yay yeah i mean i think it's a good ending and it's Mm -hmm. very uh very resolution-y mm-hmm mm-hmm it was heartbreaking that she had to choose to record over mm-hmm. the last remaining like piece of her daughter that she had in that recording of her had to record over her in order to get his confession on tape. Yeah. But it was also like, well, yeah, that's sad, but also the right choice for sure. Yeah, for sure. This was the solution. But such a sacrifice. Oof. Well, and that was dramatic movie stuff because once Gretchen was there, they had two cell phones. She could have just had the other cell phone sitting around. Good point. Good point. No, that wouldn't have been nearly as dramatic. Yeah. One thing I would note about this whole movie, and I don't even know if this is good or bad. I know I I peeked at IMDb and (sighs) I saw people complaining about this very thing. And I'm like, I, I, I thought it kind of excitedly when I was writing it down. Okay. This movie is effectively a two-person play. Like, Uh we're just watching a play go on. Like, it's almost entirely just a discussion between two people, but, you know, with some action. But it's the kind of action that could totally be in a play, you know, Mm -hmm. just a little bit of banging around and whatever. And it feels like it. It just feels like a play. And I think that's totally fine. But I also know that a lot of people complained about it. Well, it wasn't because there was so much talking Mm-hmm. So much of the story was like the emotional interplay between these two people and yeah. like and like watching Darlene's character shift in how she felt about Jack and watching Jack just try to gaslight her about all of these things and yeah. like so much of it was that emotional stuff. There are a lot of audiences that don't want that. Whether it's on the stage or on the screen, like they just don't want a people talking at each other movie right (laughs) especially when you think you're getting something like a horror or a thriller you tend to want those to be more action and this had very little action i get excited about that like there was some movie uh, we watched it and it has a lot more action than this but the the premise of the movie is that like a guy comes into the police station and starts confessing to a bunch of crimes and murders that haven't happened yet and it's the tension between him and the officer as he talks about it and those kind of things like that just conversations that 
are interesting and have mm-hmm. twists and levels to them. That's very entertaining. Well, and where there are little things like if you're paying attention, you know more about what's going on than what has been said because so much of the story is told like between the lines, right? Yeah. Or in the interplay between the two the two characters. And I like that too. I I did not have a problem with that. But it is it is slower, so I can see why some people yeah. would complain. But I thought it I also think that sort of thing can either be done really well or really badly. And these two actors did it really well. Like, you could tell what was going on in their heads beyond just the words that they were saying, which is not always the case. Yeah. Ratings! As you say, I was expecting a horror movie. I forgot to mention, we watched this on Shudder. I think it's even a Shutter <laughs> original. So I don't know what's going on here. But it should have been horror and it wasn't. And um, that's fine. We're reviewing it anyway. I think it's worth watching because, again, it goes through a lot of small twists and turns where, like, what you think the situation is is a little bit off and you kind of go in deeper and deeper to, mm-hmm. like, whoa, wait a second. He's got the doors pinned shut. Like, this is problematic and it it gets weird and interesting. And so that was enjoyable for me. I think this is four French books out of five. It was pretty good. Okay. I I will say this was not a complicated storyline. Like the plot of dude kills teenager. Nobody knows what happened to teenager. Dude confesses teenagers. Mom. (laughs) Yeah is mad like (laughs) that was not a complicated storyline that being said they did it well enough that it still was an interesting storyline for those same reasons that you said like even though you know all along like well that wasn't the whole story Mm -hmm. you you know you're waiting like okay well then what was what's he leaving out what's the piece that he's holding back um and how is she gonna get it out of him you know i think it was well done i think For some people, they might consider this more horror than we do. There were times, about halfway through, I sort of was almost disconnected from the movie because it felt so, like, true crime documentary to me, where I was like, this is way too accurate to something. (laughs) Things that happen. Like, this happens way more often than it should. There's nothing unrealistic about this movie. That's what was interesting, was that his reaction and his behavior was really appropriate to how somebody would be, you know, like making it all about himself Yes, and and having convinced himself that he didn't do anything wrong. Yes. And, you know, there's the thing where women are socialized to not make waves, even as situations are getting dangerous. When this guy showed up at the door, immediately, like when I look at my notes, I can see that I pegged him as a not good guy immediately, immediately. Like within the first sentences that he said, I was like, nope, (laughs) this is a creepy dude. Even before he said he had been gone for 19 years, like immediately I was like, absolutely not. We do not trust this man. (laughs) And I think, and maybe this is me projecting, but I think Darlene had that same sense through the entire thing. She was sort of like, something about this doesn't add up. 
something is off about this situation. Yeah. His car broke down. He just happens to show up on Christmas Eve. Like there were red flags and she was seeing them, but she was ignoring them because he was a church going man when she knew yes. him because he was part of her family because, you know, there were all these reasons that she rationalized away her initial like, oof, something is off. If she hadn't been socialized in that way, she very well might have opened the door Heard him say the things, her brain would have said, that doesn't add up, right? And she just would have closed the door. Like, (laughs) nope, this isn't happening. And there were so many times throughout, like points in the conversation where he would say something where you're like, that's a weird thing to say. That doesn't fit here. Something is wrong. Where she should have kicked him out. She should have said, nope, you don't get to come after 19 years and destroy our Christmas celebration. No. And she never did that. Mm -hmm. And so I think as someone who has also had to deal with that socialization and that similar position in the world, being someone that the world sees as a woman, it was uncomfortable for me at times. Yeah. Where I was like, Oh, this, this doesn't feel entertaining. This feels (laughs) scary and, and upsetting horror horrific if one wants to put a a a word to it that being said it still didn't and by the end didn't feel like a horror movie to me so anyway all of that is to say i enjoyed it but there were parts of it that made me uncomfortable and i am going to give it four french books as well because i thought it was really well done okay and i'm glad i watched it well then you're gonna be extra glad you watched the movie for next week because it's so special. Is it? It's extra special. Do you know what the movie is for next week? No. I didn't think so. But it's going to be special. It's going to be special. So we'll see you all next week with an extra special treat that you'll never expect. Woohoo! Bye, Bye. everybody. My whole body freaked out by the fact that there wasn't a pillow on this chair. (laughs) Super weird. I don't know why I had such a reaction. I legitimately was like, I can't sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Tokus needs comfort. I had this same reaction sitting down in this seat as I would have had if I had suddenly realized mid sit that there was a cat underneath (laughs) me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.